What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Meet and Greet, episode three. You know, it takes the same amount of time to close an apartment deal than it would to close a single family house. Welcome back, REI Nation. Today, we have a 24-year-old real estate superstar. His name is Edward Simonette, and he's transferred from the Bahamas to right here in Birmingham, Alabama, and he focuses on buying apartment complexes. He's been investing for two and a half years and has done creative financing deals, wholesale deals, and buy and hold multifamily deals, and has raised over $300,000 in private money. Let's dive in. Hey, Eddie, how's it going today, man? Hey, Jonathan, how you doing? Uh, man, I'm up, and uh, I've already changed three dirty diapers. Okay. <laughs> so if that's good for a Saturday morning, I guess it is what it is. Uh, yeah, man, you know. So, so I'm really pumped about this right now, man. I don't know if the audience is, uh, how many of them are out there listening right now, but uh, this is an exciting part of my day. How about you, Eddie? Hey, man, I'm pretty pumped. You know, uh, I don't do too much interviews, so it's great to, you know, step out the comfort zone and uh, just share a little bit of my experience. So I'm pretty excited. That's outstanding, man. I tell you what, just a little bit of correspondence we've had so far, man. It seems like you're really, you know, tearing it up here in Birmingham. Uh, so tell us a little bit about you, man. Okay. So um, my name is Edward Simonette. I'm 24 years old, and I'm an active real estate investor in the Birmingham market. So I focus on apartments, and in total, I've been investing in real estate about two and a half uh, years now. Two and a half years. Man, that's outstanding. And, and in the apartments already, that's kind of intimidating for some of us. I've never done an apartment deal, so that, that's a pretty big deal, I think. Well, um, I, that's the preconceived notion with apartment investing, uh-huh. you know, but once you actually dig down and um, analyze a deal, you know, it takes the same amount of time to close an apartment deal than it would to close a single family house. So really, it's the same amount of time. That's amazing, man. I think the audience is going to get a lot of that. So, so what about your personal life, man? Who is, who is Eddie? You know, where are you from? Tell us something about, you know, who Eddie really is and why, you know, he got to this point. Okay. So I don't know if the listeners have noticed, but I have a little bit of accent. So I'm originally from the Caribbean. I'm from, uh, I'm from the Bahamas. Uh, I was raised in an island called Nassau, Bahamas, but I was born in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So the island I grew up on has a population of about 250,000 inhabitants, but the island is only 21 miles long. So it's a really, really dense population. Um, it, you know, grew up on the island. It wasn't really that rural. It was pretty much like a city setting. Um, so uh, that's how I grew up. Um, it, it, the Bahamas is known as a very desirable t- uh, tourist destination. And, you know, it's, it's known for tourism. That's the main industry of income for the Bahamas. And then uh, right behind that is offshore banking. So those are the two main, main industries for revenue. So uh, just growing up. Wow. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, I, so I'm from around Mobile, Alabama, and I thought the beach was close to us. But you actually were born or you grew up on an asshole island. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, um, I thought living, I thought living three three hours from the beach, or, or I guess in Mobile, really where I lived, that we were about an hour and a half from the beach. I thought that was close. Uh, no, my house actually, what I grew up in, you know, you could literally walk uh, about five minutes and you'll be on the beach. Get out of here, <laughs> man! And you moved away from that to come to Birmingham, Alabama, Eddie. Well, you know, I I was very active in sports growing up. Uh huh. Right? So, but I always had an interest in business. 
So the way I ended up in Alabama was actually I got a tennis scholarship to go to to college at Stillman College. So um, uh, just backtracking a little bit in high school, you know, I studied uh, commerce. Uh, I studied economics. Um, basically, you know, I knew if I didn't have a professional career in athletics, I wanted to do something business related. I just didn't know exactly what business it was yet. So I ended up moving to Alabama in 2013. And I went to school at Stillman College in Tuscaloosa on a, on a tennis scholarship that covered most of my tuition. So uh, the remaining amount that was set aside for my tuition, I convinced my parents to uh, let me invest that in real estate. Uh, so in school, I studied uh, business administration with a concentration in accounting, and I graduated cum laude in 2017. Impressive, impressive. And your T-Town, man. Yeah. T-Town, there it is. They don't know anything about that. I'm roll tied. I'm roll tied. You know, I graduated from Stillman, but I'm still roll tied. So I can't argue with that, man. I cannot yeah. argue with that, man. You know what? That's out, man. High school, take a business class, man. You know, I think the only business class I took in high school was check writing. I remember going through math, taking check writing. Mm. <laughs> Is that business related? Maybe I shouldn't even say that. Nobody listens to this anyway, Eddie. <laughs> that is crazy, man. That's outstanding. And you played tennis at yep. Stillman. Yeah, played tennis. Uh, we actually won a conference championship. Uh, we went on to actually, we played the number one uh, Division two school in the nation. Unfortunately, we lost that match, but we made it that far. So throughout my college career, you know, it, it was pretty exciting. I got a lot of things accomplished. So, you know, I was always a purpose-driven person. So um, Crazy. actually how I got into real estate was my junior year. I saw an ad on Facebook about free real estate investing. Wow. So I know a lot of people listening have seen those ads and, you, you know, you kind of wary, you know, you kind of have second thoughts when you see them. But, you know, I said, you know, what the heck? I have nothing to lose. Uh, why, why not? Let's just go and see how it is. Right. So I went. It was a three day workshop that they had in Birmingham. And I was introduced to the basics of real estate, you know, wholesaling, uh, flipping houses, getting into buying whole real estate. Um but basically, they just uh, touched the surface. It wasn't really in-depth. But the cool thing about those meetups is you can kind of network with local people in the, um, in the, in the um, what do you call it, in the market that you're working in. Yeah. So I actually was able to connect with uh, is a real estate investor who was also an agent who came out to the seminar. And we were talking. And she just convinced me. She said, hey, I know you're still in school. But it may be good for you to just come down a few times a week and intern with me so you can kind of learn uh, this the investing part of real estate. So I took up on that, man. I, no second thoughts. Uh, I was up there. So uh, about two or three times a week, I would take that one-hour drive to Birmingham from Tuscaloosa, and I would just stay in the office, you know, just trying to help um, and then um, help her with her stuff that she had going on those days. And she would take me out in the field and just show me, you know, how she put up bandit signs or you know, a cold calls, calling sellers or getting direct mail. So I got a lot of exposure to that part of the business through her. So I did that up until I graduated. So um, that's outstanding. Yeah. So you learned networking way back, man. So, so you took the business classes in, uh, in high school, like none of your other, you know, kids they were probably hanging out doing stuff on Friday and Saturday. They shouldn't should have been doing. You're in business uh, classes in high school. You graduate, you come to Alabama, you leave the island. You come to Steelman College, 
win a championship. Did you say you won the championship, Tennis? Yeah, yeah. We, we actually won, the, won our conference championship. Won the championship. Yeah. Saved all that money from the scholar, from the uh, tuition. Uh, talked to your parents about investing that back. And then what you did huge was you networked and you found somebody to get mentored from. And that's huge. All right. As a junior in college, man, you got that networking off the bat. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, so, to the listeners, you know, your network, your net worth, I mean, sorry, your network is your net worth. So basically, um, you always want to try to align yourself with like-minded individuals and persons uh, who are trying to go along the same path as you. So that way, you know, you can go ahead and just get experience. You can learn from persons uh, from their experience, and uh, it cuts down on your learning curve. After you graduated, you said you went back home after you graduated? No, actually, as soon as I graduated, I actually moved to Birmingham to pursue real estate investing. So. Um, you know, the experience with me interning with uh, the real estate investor, I was pretty much ready to go because I was studying yeah. accounting in school and I had a professor, you know, we had one class, it was like a bookkeeping software, you use uh, QuickBooks. And, you know, I asked my professor, I said, um, you know, if I have a career in accounting, is this something I'll be doing, you know, every other day or is this like the norm? And once he told me, yeah, I was like, no, I got to find something a little bit more exciting Go get them. Um, you know, some, something a little bit uh, more purpose-driven for me. You know, I, I couldn't see myself just sitting down every day. So, you know, with real estate, you know, you're active. Uh, every day is not the same. And you pretty much choose where you want to take the business. That's crazy, man. Let, let me let me uh, give uh, a little tidbit for the audience out there, too. Uh, Eddie said he's 24 years old, and he come right out of college, and he followed his dream. He prepped first, okay? He, he did the right thing. Um, he networked. And at 24 year old, 24 years old right now, he is just doing what I'm 40. I'll be 41 next month. And I'll tell you what, Eddie, I graduated and I didn't network and I took that office job and I go to work every day and I hang out and I work in Excel and I crunch numbers all day. It's a great job, great opportunity. But man, what you're doing at 24, I hope to be doing at 44. <laughs> so, man, high five. If I could high five you right now uh, through this podcast, we'd be doing it right now. I assure you that right there. Pay attention, audience, because. What he's telling you right now is it's the way to do it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. You know, Jonathan, age is just a number, so. Uh, <laughs> listen, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks for the pat on the back, Eddie. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, so so tell me uh, your first deal. Can you can you think back to when that was and give as much detail as you, you feel comfortable doing to the audience? Help them out there, Eddie. Okay. Um, I would actually like to, if you don't mind, is, is um, this is actually – uh, my first, my second deal in buy and hold. So originally, I had started wholesaling, uh, and I'm a, I'm gonna get into that a little bit. But I'll just tell you a little bit about uh, the first major deal I did in buy and hold. So it was okay. a fourplex apartment that I purchased. It was already cash flowing, and I bought it for twenty five thousand. It was in the West End area of Birmingham. Now this was an off market property, so. Um, for those who are not familiar, you know, you, usually you have properties that are listed on the MLS uh, with an agent, or you can find an off-market property from a seller uh, who is trying to sell the property to you directly. So this this particular property was off-market. Uh, like I said, I got it for twenty-five thousand, which is uh, extremely cheap for an occupied unit, uh, no matter what market you're in. So it was pretty much a deal that I had negotiated. So um basically every year it cash flows after all expenses uh, and all payments about 10,000 a year 
Wow. So on the money that I invested, that's actually a 40% return. So just to give you an idea, Uh someone who has their money in a money market account or a certificate of deposit with a bank, usually the the return you would get on investment like that is maybe at the most a half a percentage or maybe one or two percent. So this is a 40% return on, on the money that I invested. And with it making $10,000 a year, I would actually get that money back in about two and a half years. So That's two, crazy. Yeah. In two and a half years, the property would have paid for itself. I would have gotten wow. all the money I put up back. And um, so basically, based on the property's income and location, I estimate if I were to sell it in about three years, with me raising the rents every year and doing improvements to units, it could sell for about 75000 So from start to finish, from the acquisition of that property to the holding period where it cash flows every year, all the way up to when I sell it when it's performing, you're looking at a return of over 300%. Actually, it's 318% return that you're looking at. That's crazy. I saw somebody uh, earlier in the week talking. um, They took a picture of um, a bank, you know, put your money here, and it was like one point. Two or one point six percent. Come put all your money with us, you know, an IRA or whatever. And then what you just told about the people just don't understand, you know, the process. And most of us have a fear of, you know, I can't do that or I don't know how to find a property. Um, I don't have a. We don't all all have Donald Trump money, you know. We're not all millions of dollars, and it's just not the case on certain levels. So how do you how do you find how did you find, you know, this fourplex? Did you see it on the MLS? You said it was off market, but how do you find it? How does somebody out there listen to this right now okay. find a piece of pro- fourplex and buy it for $25,000? Okay. So for those listening, it's a lot of ways that you can find off market properties. So the fourplex was actually from Craigslist. So I would suggest, you know, a lot of good. Wait, wait, wait. I thought Craigslist was just like used bicycles and people looking for dates. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Right, go ahead. See, I'm sorry to see, cut you off. Craigslist, man. If, you, if you're doing real estate and you're trying to find off-market properties, you need to utilize, you need to take advantage of that free uh, source. Basically, on Craigslist, you can post ads for free, uh, advertising that you, you buy houses. And you can also look, um, look for owners of houses who are trying to sell them because usually they would post an ad in the classified section. So on Craigslist, is actually a section. If you go on the homepage, it's called housing. You click on housing, and then you can uh, get deeper into it, and you can go into how. Um, for sale by owner. So actually, I had put in, I had put ads on Craigslist that I buy houses. I would do about ten Craigslist ads a day, so that's about fifty ads a week uh-huh. at that time that I was posting. Uh, you know, Eddie buys houses. Call me. Uh, Taking action. Boom. Yeah. Uh, here's my number. Um, you know, if you have a house you want to sell, let's talk. So basically, this gentleman who owned this, uh, the fourplex, he had sold one of my ads and reached out to me that way. And it just went from there, you know, got him on the phone. We ended up meeting at the property. Uh, then we sat down for lunch and just discussed on how we could structure the deal. And long story short, he had started, he wanted about 65000 on the property. But um, throughout the negotiation and uh, throughout that whole process, we were able to agree on 25000 And both of us walked away happy. And um, so that's how I got that deal. It was actually off of Craigslist. Wow. So he wanted 65 and he wound up selling to you for 25. Yeah. Uh, How does that conversation look? How do you go $40,000 difference? Okay. So basically, 
you know, you want to figure out why a person is trying to sell. So he knows that at the top of the market, he could have gotten 65000 for that property. Uh-huh. But I really dig deep down and tried to figure out exactly why he was selling that property. So throughout the conversation, I had found out that he actually uh, was trying to use the sale, the money from that investment, the sale, to pump it into uh, a larger property that he was trying to buy. So uh. for that, he only needed about twenty to twenty-five thousand more to get into that property. So throughout that conversation, I was I was able to figure out exactly how much he needed, and I said, "Hey, well, you know." Um, I know you think it's, it's worth 65, but at this stage, I would still need to do some improvements to it. Um, so this is the most I could pay for. I could do 25. You know, I can close quick. I'll be, you know, uh, closing in about 30 days and um, we can get this thing done. And uh, that's how it went along. And, you know, we were able to agree on that. And um, I still talk to the guy to this day, you know. Wow. Really? See, the relationship. It sounded like you built a relationship with him already. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Everyone I speak to, you know, you always want to introduce yourself, you know, see how you can help them. And, you know, if you feel as though they're in the same field as you or you may be able to talk to them about relevant things, it's always good to follow up with them or, you know, just keep a relationship because Birmingham is an extremely small market. You're going to run around. You're going to run into the same people once you start doing a lot of volume or you start, you know, being more active in the marketplace. So it's good to keep a good rapport about yourself and um, it's good to keep, um, you know, good relationships with people because it's, it's, it's extremely small. Once you get into it, it's, it's only a lot of, uh, a few people who are actually actively doing real estate, you know. That's it. You hear that REI nation. He just said he's 24 years old and he's already understand the building relationship at 24 year old, 24 years old. He understands the importance of building a relationship and treating people how they want to be treated. That's that's outstanding. He talked to the seller, negotiated down forty thousand dollars, and he still has a working relationship with this guy even after he bought the house. That, the fourplex for that much. That's that's crazy. So, what is something that we don't know about your area of expertise? Give us a valuable tip, a tool, or a tactic. Something that the audience can use. Okay, so a big preconceived notion with apartment investing is that you have to come out of pocket with it. You know, a lot of people just get turned off from it once they see the purchase price or when people are asking for apartments, once they see it at 500000 they immediately think, okay, I don't have that in the bank. I can't get into the deal. But the number one preconceived notion about apartment investing is that you have to use your own cash. When that's not the case, you can use leverage to get into properties. You can use leverage to get into deals. So, for example... Um, through conventional financing, you can usually get about 65% or 75% of that purchase price funded by um, debt. So if you don't have good credit or you don't meet the income requirements for a loan, you can actually try going through a private institution called a hard money company. So these companies, they offer programs to persons who may not meet uh, the basic, uh, the basic uh, requirements for a regular bank. But they usually charge points, and the rates are usually higher. But I mean, uh, you, you got to ask yourself, you know, do you rather use these companies to start and get in the business and get your experience and get these properties or not? So, <laughs> you know, it, yeah. if it's going to cost you a little bit more on the interest and a, and a few more points or fees, is that really the biggest problem? Right. So, 
you, you want to get the deal done, right? So action. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, in apartment investing, you can use leverage to get in deals, or you can use one hundred percent of your own funds if you got it like that. You know. So another. How do you find a? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to tell the audience another option is actually reaching out and trying to get partnership opportunities with family members or friends who may have cash saved up in a retirement account and mm -hmm. offer them a percentage of cash flow each month off the investment, offer them a higher interest rate or a higher return than what they're getting with the banks or whoever they're investing with who may be only giving them one or two percent. Yeah. You have an investment where you see you can give them a higher return. Don't don't be shy. You need to tell everyone what you do. Like I say, networking is extremely important. You want to let everyone know, hey, my name is Jonathan and I invest in apartments. Uh, uh, you know, this is what I do. Um, and uh, you know, just 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 let everyone know what you do. That's amazing, you know, and there, there's a barrier of fear because what you're just saying, the banks are going to give us, you know, one percent, one point two, or whatever. And you're, the numbers that you're talking about here are, are twice, three, four times that much, plus a cash flow each month. There's a there's a barrier of fear. You know, I don't know how it works. I'm scared of it. You know, it says $500,000. There's no way I could even have a, a dream in this lifetime of being involved in something like that, you know. And networking, you know, and getting past that barrier of fear, you know, is the biggest thing that keeps people back. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, through, through, through that last strategy that I had mentioned – to this day, I've actually raised three hundred thousand in private capital. Wow! And to invest in apartments. So right now, I'm actively looking for larger apartments, uh, thirty units and up, to position these investors in. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So do you hear that audience? Uh, he's got sitting on cash right now, looking for apartments to buy right now. So if you're in the Birmingham area or anywhere, do you just do Birmingham, or are you are you can you do outside of Birmingham? You know, um. Right now, I'm just being frank with you, two and a half years in the business, um, one of my mentors had told me, you know, you want to be a master of the market you're in before you start going out. So um, right now, I'm really hyper-focused on Birmingham. I'm really trying to find uh, 30 units and up in Birmingham and B, uh, C, or D-class neighborhoods. For those who don't uh, really understand that system, basically, in apartment investing, you can use those classes to determine what type of buildings or areas uh, you're investing in. So a B-class property would be considered a property uh, that's uh, on the newer side uh, and a more desirable side of the neighborhood. Uh, C-class would be your regular working class uh, persons and, you know, you would have a little bit more affordable rents. And uh, D-class is actually the less desirable neighborhoods um, where you have persons who receive uh, government back assistance, uh, usually, you know, Section 8 or Social Security, usually some form of assistance to help their income. So what I wanted you to keep in mind, you also have A-class, which is the creme de la creme, you know, uh, probably uh -huh. in the, um, they're on the newer side, they're in the more, more desirable parts of the the city, and most of them are people who are, who are already established in their fields, and they make three or five times the amount of the monthly rent. So you can make money in any of these environments. It's all about the location. So even though it's a, it may be a D area, is it in a location that may see some gentrification in the future? You know, you also want to look at 
um, what you're buying, what you're buying the property for? Are you getting it for a steal of a deal, where even in the worst case scenario, you can make some money on the property? Um, you know, it, it's a lot of variables you look at, but I just want to let everyone know you can make money in apartment investing in any of these markets. You just need to figure out exactly what you're comfortable with. So my comfort zone is B, C, and D class. All hey, hey, mm -hmm. go ahead. Yeah. So my comfort zone is uh, B, C, and D class uh, neighborhoods and properties. Um, and right now, you said you're looking for a 30, 30. What did you say you were looking for? 30 units and up. So any apartment. 30 units building, and up in Birmingham, Alabama. 30 units uh, up to 100 units. You know, we'll definitely uh, take a look at it. That's outstanding, man. Somebody on this line right now, you know, you don't know where they're at. You don't know where they're at, Eddie, and they could hear this next week. I'm telling you, man. Hi. So what's the one thing that has you most fired up today? All right, man. You know what? I'm just extremely excited to share my experiences. And I just want, I just hope that, you know, I've given something to the listener, some insight about apartment investing and dispel some notions about um, only, you know, being able to purchase apartments using your own cash. It's, it's a multitude of ways to get into it. You know, you just want to align yourself with persons who are versed in the field. Um, and that would definitely cut your learning curve in half. If you can get, uh, sit down with someone who has done apartment investing and, you know, just try to pick their brain and uh, see if um, they have anything they could share with you to make it a little easier for you when you are ready to get in that field. I, I would think, you know, that would be a way to go about it. And, you know, at the end of this, I want to give you guys uh, my contact information. So if you have any questions, you know, you can uh, definitely give me a call or shoot me an email. Absolutely. We're going we're gonna to definitely get to that. Man, I tell you what, that story right there and all up to what you're looking for, man, that, that's amazing, man. The listeners right now. Uh, what you just gave right there was, you know, books and books and years and years of, you know, going through things and trying to Google information. What you just, your experiences right there, man, is almost a full, you know, from 101 to 501 back at Stillman in investing. <laughs> so let's hop into the final round here and knock out a couple of quick questions. What was the, what was the one thing, which I don't even know if this is even applies to you, Eddie. I'm not even sure it does. What was holding you back from becoming a real estate entrepreneur in the beginning? Okay. So it, it definitely does apply to me. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Um, Be honest. Yeah, I'm definitely. Um, you know, with me, it was definitely thinking I had to know everything about a deal to get it done. So I was caught up in what people would call analysis paralysis, where I would look at a deal and I would just overanalyze it. Um, I would look and try to see, hey, um, do I have to use this type of contract? Um, do I have to have this certain amount of due diligence period? You know, I was just caught up in the small things when in the big picture, it, it doesn't even, you know, matter uh, when you're trying to get that deal done. So um, how I got over that was I just jumped into it. So got a deal on the contract and I just learned from the experience going throughout from the start or close to the deal. So my first deal that I did was actually a wholesale deal. I didn't make that much money on it. It was about $1,500. But throughout the experience of learning how to close a transaction, I was able to uh, go ahead and overcome that fear of, you know, being so caught up with having to have everything perfect before I get a deal done. That's it. Yeah. Feet to fire and jump in, man. Break the break through that fear barrier, man. I tell you what, hey, fifteen hundred dollars, man. That's a pretty good deal, all right. Well, You're a big time investor, <laughs> now, Eddie. Fifteen hundred dollars is a good deal, man. That, that was you know a, how much? That was I a, got three kids in daycare, man. That's a lot of daycare. <laughs> well, you know, that, that was uh, 
feel I've done. You know, I I've met a lot of people. They do that um, that strategy full time, and yep. some some persons even in our local market make five thousand to ten thousand, even more on just one contract. So just just to give you an idea, you can make a lot of money in wholesaling. That just wasn't the niche for me. Right. But I had the most fun in. But it's a lot of money in wholesale. And the cool thing about it as well is you don't have to use any of your own money. Basically, you just have to put up the earnest money to secure the contract, which in most cases is about 100 to $200. And that is non-refundable during if you back out of the contract during your due diligence period. So let's say you, you got a deal on the contract and you figured out that it may not be a good one for you or your other investors as long as it's in with that due diligence period, usually you can back out and you can get your money refunded. So with wholesaling is usually the least amount of risk. So that, that's a golden nugget right there because I bet a lot of the audience does not know that if you put that two hundred dollars up that you, that if things don't work out during the contract period, you get that money back. That's another fear. If you don't know, you don't speak to people, you think, Well, I can't afford two hundred dollars. You know, what if something goes wrong? I've lost that money. And you just gave us information right there that, you know, it's not always the case and you, and you can get that money back if you write in the contract. That's good, Eddie. Uh, so what's the best advice Eddie has ever received? Oh, OK. I would say it would have to be from one of my mentors. Uh, his advice was to stick to one investment strategy and close a deal in that strategy before you move on to another one. So with that example I just gave, um, I had started out wholesaling, and although I wanted to learn more about flipping and learn more about buying whole, his advice was to get a deal done wholesaling first. Once you understand that you could do that strategy, then you could try to move on because if you haven't, for the listeners, if you have not completed a deal today, whichever investment strategy you have the most information and the most knowledge in, you want to get a deal done in that environment first before trying to step into another one because what you're going to see is you're going to get caught up in that analysis process. You want to learn how to flip, wholesale, get into apartments, get into commercial real estate all at the same time. I mean, it's, it's going to be extremely difficult. You know, you want to just pick one and I would, That's... you know, learn how to close a deal in that one strategy first. And then once you know you can do that, go ahead and move on to what you have more passion in or you see yourself doing long term. That's fire right there. Put your, you know, put your nose down and just go for it because it's so easy to hop. You know, this doesn't work out immediately, so I'm going to look at something else right quick and try it. That's good information right there. Get it, stick with it, execute, and then move to the next thing. That's awesome. What's a, what's a personal habit that you think contributes to all the success you've had so far at 24 years old? Okay. Personal, uh, I would say definitely uh, planning out your day. So with real estate investing, it's not a set schedule, you know, with what we do every single day. So with uh, being a business owner, uh, especially doing uh, real estate, you always want to be on top of the tasks that you have to do daily. So for me, planning out my day the night before, I have a legal pad that I use and I would just write down all the tasks that I have to do each day. I would put an asterisk or highlight the things that I absolutely need to uh, do. And I would make sure I make those priority the next day moving forward. So just take, you know, the night before, that's the best time to do it. Because once you get up and you start your day, it's already too late. So 
the night before, if you can, plan your day. Plan it out from start to finish. The things that you need to do, it can even be personal things. If you have to walk your dog or you, know, you have to take your kids to school, you, know, you want to plan out your day prior to you waking up that next day and attacking it. So that's going to give you a lot more. You're going to be more organized and you're going to be able to uh, get a lot more things accomplished. So I would definitely say one personal habit would be uh, just planning my day the night before, make sure to prioritize and keep track of everything I need to accomplish the, the day after that. That's, that's fire. And I tell you what, also, and it'll come a point to where, you know, if you don't do that, the first thing it meets you in the morning are dirty diapers. Oh. It's tough to get up and plan your day with dirty <laughs> diapers, Eddie. So I'm going to write that one down too, man. That's a, You know what? And I can hear your mindset as you're speaking. You know, you use the term business owner at the beginning of that uh, that answer, man. That is, that's fire. You know, you can see, you know, you envision it. You know, it's not just putting it on paper. You envision yourself as a business owner, man. That is, that is Take notes on that right there, audience. You know, you have to have that mindset to write it down and have that mindset. Eddie sees himself as a business owner. That that's fire right there. Uh, so what is a what's an internet resource that you would recommend? Okay, so recommend for real estate investing. Recommend for what? Let's just let's just well, you know what? It doesn't even matter. It could be honestly, it could be Facebook. It could be a, a reading app. It could be. Uh, a real estate app, maybe driving for dollars or whatever. Just okay. what's your favorite app that okay. you use? So <laughs> I would say uh, definitely two sites come to mind uh, once you explain that. Uh, one would be Bigger Pockets. Uh, when I was starting out in real estate, I had a lot of questions. And, you know, Bigger Pockets is a free website where you have articles and uh, forums with other investors who may be asking questions. Or if, if you have a question, you can go ahead and post uh, a post and get your questions answered. So I would say Bigger Park, Bigger Pockets is definitely uh, a great resource to learn a little bit more about real estate investing. Another site that I would recommend is LinkedIn, LinkedIn.com. Uh, like, like what Jonathan said, you know, you're a business owner in real estate. When you do all of these things, you have to... You know, think of yourself and envision yourself as such because that's what you are. You're providing a service and you're you're improving, you know, the field, whichever field you're in. So as a business owner, you want to have a personal pro, uh, professional profile. So LinkedIn is a, a site where it's a lot of professionals and you can go ahead and do a page for yourself uh, just outlining, you know, what kind of services you have uh, or uh, provide with your business. Also, you can give yourself some uh, educational um, educational experiences that you have. If you have a college degree or you know high school, you could just put that on your profile. So, persons who may want to be doing business with you in the future, they can go ahead and see your profile, see what you've done, see your qualifications, and it's easier to network versus just uh, sharing your personal Facebook page where you you know you have your dogs and. Uh, the good stuff. Party and stuff on there. So <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome, man. Hey, bigger and pockets and LinkedIn. I like it, man. LinkedIn is huge to you. That's actually I actually use LinkedIn to get into uh, my job at UAB. So okay. it's really people are actually on there, business minded uh, individuals, and the opportunities and networking is really huge. So if you're listening to this, uh, definitely check out LinkedIn.com because it really is the real deal for businesses. Oh yeah. All right. So we're gonna wrap it up. Um, Anything, any parting words for our audience? Uh, and whenever you give them the party words, go ahead and tell us how that, that we can connect with you and, and tell you that we've got that 30 or 100 unit here in Birmingham. Okay. 
Um, so just to close, I just want to close and say, you know, real estate is a journey. You know, it's, 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 a, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. You know, when, when you start in this business, you have to understand that with a business, it's going to take you about three to five years for you to get out that startup phase. No matter, you know, even if you're going to be pushing and you're working day in, day, you know, you want to give yourself and just understand that this is not an overnight process. So when any strategy you're trying to do, if it's flipping or wholesaling or buying, buying whole rentals or buying whole apartments or commercial, you know, give yourself that time to grow and learn. You know, don't give up if you haven't done a deal in a few months because the next deal could be right around the corner. You never know when it's going to pop up, but you always want to be prepared to take action once you get that deal, uh, once the deal presents itself. I want to say a good book that has helped me just starting out was The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. So for those persons who are looking for a daily read or something to just give you the right mindset to, to, to get into real estate, I would definitely recommend The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. Another book uh, that a lot of people hear about, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that's a great book as well, uh, just to get you in the right mindset. Another one, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. All of these are great books that you want to be reading, you know, just to get in the right mindset of, of what you need to, you know, because you, you, you're going to have a lot of ups and downs in businesses. So you always want to keep reading and keep abreast with information. So those are some books that I recommend. So. Uh, for anyone who would like to contact me or connect with me, uh, you know, the best way to reach me, I would say, is either calling me or con contacting me by email. So my email is e s y m m o n e t t at gmail dot com, and my phone number I can be reached at is, is my personal number is two zero five three nine three five zero six six so if you have any questions or you know you want to know how you can partner with someone on an apartment deal uh definitely contact me you know if you you know let's connect and uh i'm definitely uh, up to helping anyone who uh wants some help that, that's awesome awesome Eddie, man thank you so much for sharing that man and i want to take a moment and just tell the audience how thankful i am that you came on here today you know and shared your story with everyone listening today man and and we're we're rooting for you to get that thirty or a hundred unit here in Birmingham. So I'm I'm gonna be pushing for you, man. And and just an FYI, if it comes in and they mention this podcast, I'll take one percent. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, man. And, okay, so I, I'm close. Yeah. I just want to say, to, you know, thank nobody you. Nobody listens anyway, Eddie. So I won't hold you to that now. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to thank you for having me on the podcast, man. I you know, I hope I helped the audience, maybe shared some insight on some things, but I definitely appreciate uh, you having me on the podcast, Jonathan. Thank you. Well, this is the one of the ones that I hope they save and they come back to time and time again. All right, REI Nation. I hope you really enjoyed this. Uh, save it right now. Click up on iTunes. Save it. Uh, go give us a five-star, especially for this one. Eddie really poured it out there for us and gave us a ton of information. So we're going to close it out, and we'll see you next time. Take it easy, Eddie. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan.